Hello, welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and the trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And after a fantastic Pride Month, we're back and uh, bringing you more gay films. <laughs> this is so camp. It is camp. It's not gay. It's camp, though. I mean, Mr. McGree is a gay icon. That is true, yes. PJ Souls, gay icon. She's not gay. (laughs) But she's a gay icon. Yeah. The type of gay icon that... She's one of those random B-movie actresses that we stan really hard. Yeah, so Sybil Dunning's a gay icon, PJ Souls is a gay icon. Yeah, that's very true. We are here today to talk to you about one of the most batshit crazy films I've ever seen, but also a good film, uh, one of my favourites. We are talking about Rock and Roll High School from 1979. Yes. Wacky, I think is the word I, I would don't use. even think there's enough words to describe it. This... Oh, we might as well uh, give up now then. I, <laughs> thank you, thank you for listening. I mean, it's fucking insane. I mean, you could only make a film like this in 1979. Yeah. Maybe the 80s. You know, it's... Well, um, anywhere where drugs would prevent. Yeah, basically, basically. I mean, this has absolutely everything you could want from it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah, let's just, yeah. Directed by Alan Arkush, uh, who directed Hollywood Boulevard, Death Sport, Heartbeeps, Get Crazy, Caddyshack 2, Ro- Rock and Roll High School 3, Shake, Rattle and Rock, starring Renny Zawager. Lots of TV shows and lots of music videos, and uncredited, uh, directed by Joe Dante, who, oh. of course, you may know from The Howling, Piranha, Small Soldiers, Gremlins, Matinee, etc., etc. That explains why Dick Miller's in does. the film. It does, it does. It's an interesting name. Um, story written by Alan R. Kirsch and Joe Dante, uh, screenplay by Richard Whiteley. Who Whiteley? Wrote, yeah, who wrote... Richard uh, Whiteley? Yeah. Richard Countdown. Probably not the same one. Um, he wrote Pandemonium, episodes of Data House, Rosanna, uh, Millennium, and lots more, including Recess. Now, it's funny because... He wrote episodes of Rosanna? He did. The fuck's Rosanna? I know the name. I think it's big in America. Did you mistype Roseanne? I, I, I swear it's Rosanna. Oh, it might be a show called Rosanna. Okay, it was Roseanne. Fair enough. Is Thank it you. Roseanne? Thank you for pointing out my typo. Thank okay, you. sorry. Well, you, you said it wrong. People are going to be sitting there listening so, and be like, who the fuck is Roseanne? Roseanne's cousin, Roseanne. Um, but yeah, Recess. Now, I'm pretty sure they modelled Recess after this film. Yeah, there's some parallels, isn't there? Um, you know, some of the characters' names and the whole dynamic of the teacher with the teacher's pets. It's very, very Recess. Yes. Uh, also written by Russ Vonk, who wrote Rock and Roll Hotel and an episode Ooh, of Delta House. Oh, lovely. And Joseph McBride, who wrote Blood and Guts and Let Poland Be Poland. Okay. Yeah, Let Me Be Poland. Um, budget, $300,000. Congratulations for getting this much into one film for $300,000. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it, it's no information online to say how much it made. Oh. Which is, yeah, it's a shame, because I feel like 
Apparently, it would have made some money. I mean, Ramones were popular back then. I'd be inclined to say it made money because it got a sequel, but the sequel yeah. was many years later. Yeah, there is another sequel uh, that doesn't star Renny Zellweger, but instead stars um, Corey Feldman. And that's called Rock and Roll High School Forever. Forever. Yeah. And that's not based around the Ramones. No, no, I don't believe so. No. Um, yeah, I doubt it'd be as good as this. Uh, it I might mean, have to be a future podcast. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you can recreate the same magic twice. No, with this. no. Uh, getting into the trivia, D.D. Ramone was such a bad actor that his lines were cut from seven down to two. In the dressing room after the concert, uh, he says, Hey, pizza. And hey, pizza, it's great. Let's dig in. Um, but yeah, he had more lines originally. Yeah, one thing I am going to say about this film, and I'll get it out there straight away. The reason why it works is because the Ramones don't have to act yeah. <laughs> too much. Um, do you remember D.D. Ramone's rap career? No. That's probably the best. Uh, but yeah, that actually happened. Uh, history with Ramones. My history. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were a lesson. Uh, my history with the Ramones probably started with when I watched Rock and Roll High School. I did this thing when I was younger, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, where I... If I really loved a film, I would IMDb it and find out who starred in what other films. Mm-hmm. So um, the first one I really did was when I watched Nashville because Ronnie Blakely, who was in Nightmare on Elm Street, one of my favourite films, mm-hmm. was in Nashville. So then yeah. I watched Nashville and then I discovered Robert Altman and I was like, oh my God, you know, classic uh, American cinema. So what I probably watched was Halloween... Mm-hmm. Starring PJ Souls, who stars in Rock and Roll High School. I watched Rock and Roll High School and I discovered the Ramones. Yeah. Um, obviously, I knew a few of their songs. Um, I used to have CDs when I was younger of new wave and punk music. And it was, it was always one of two songs. It was either Sheena as a punk rocker or... Um, Baby, I Love You. Mm-hmm. Um, it was over one of those two. It was always on the CDs. Um, but then I really discovered the Ramones because of the film, actually. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know uh, the film was a thing. And I, I was a, a really big Ramones fan, still am. Like, I, I listened to them lots when I was younger. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I wish I'd discovered this film when I was younger. Cause <laughs> I, I would have rewatched it so much. Um, yeah, I must have... Uh, Thinking back, I must have been sort of 15, 16, yeah. Um, Speaking of which, this has recently been released by 101 Films on Blu-ray, which is what we watched it on. Absolutely, that's how we watched it, and it's great quality. Yeah. Loads of extras. Yeah, so if you're in the UK, that is where you can find it. And I believe it's already readily available in America. Um, But yeah, Yeah, highly recommend checking it out. The on-screen concert was attended by actual Ramones fans whose uncontrollable behaviour terrified PJ Souls. And you can tell at some point. Yes. <laughs> the high school was portrayed by the non-operational Mount Carmel High School in south-central Los Angeles, which had been closed down since 1976. The building of the school, blown up at the end, is the school which was scheduled for demolition. 
The explosion was five times bigger than it was supposed to be, and since the filming was at 3am, a lot of frightened neighbourhood residents charged out of their homes not knowing what had happened. Just like when Lisa Scott Lee uh, launched her new single, Electric, um, back in the early 2000s. We need to start posting clips of these references we make. Um, I've got two children at home now, they're very they're scared to death because of that. Yes. Surely I, you can explain that. I'm sure they know the Ramones are filming now. <laughs> yeah, so Lisa Scott Lee had her own show called Totally Scott Lee uh, back in the early 2000s, TV Gold, uh, on YouTube in full. Lisa Scott Lee was part of a very cheesy English pop band called Steps. If you don't already know that, I'm very surprised. Um, write into us and I'll buy you a drink if you didn't know that. I don't think they were um, popular outside the UK. Uh, yeah, terms and conditions apply only if you're in the UK you don't know that. Let us know. Um, but yes, yeah, she had her own show and she was uh, launching a single, Electric. And if it didn't get in the top ten, she was going to quit music forever. Um, it didn't get into the top ten. She's still going in steps. <laughs> but she had a party. It was her last solo single, to be well, fair. Well, she had a party uh, and there was fireworks and everything to launch this single. And uh, a very upset neighbour from down the road came down to complain about upsetting her two kids. And, oh, and it's happening right now outside our go. flat. She's launching another single. Oh, She's going name. solo again. Very professional. <laughs> so there's your uh, Lisa Scott Lee trivia uh, for Rock and Roll High School. The Ramones have paid a total of $25,000 for appearing in the film and had to play shows in Southern California to help pay their hotel bills. During a 21-day shoot, D.D. Ramone got arrested for fighting with a roadie, overdosed in jail, and wound up uh, in a hospital with a $3,000 medical bill. That would explain the performance. Speaking of British icons, it's a bit like when Katie Price uh, was on this morning. What do you mean? Uh, a horse has had at gunpoint. Harvey got a kidnapped oh, threat. of course. Uh, someone yes. kidnapped South Africa. Yeah. The notoriously cheap Roger Corman, uh, also a publicity genius, invited music journalists to work as extras in return for getting to be on the set and interview the principals. Okay. Yeah, Roger Corman produced this. Yes. Yeah. Bit unusual for Roger Corman-ness. He produced anything. It's true. Fucking hell. He'd put his name to anything if he thought he'd make some money. Uh, despite... that's, not, that's not a read. <laughs> that's just... It's true. He's, he's got an impressive filmography. Yeah. Despite playing a high school student, PJ Souls was 28 when the film was filmed. Bless her. She was actually older than three of the four members of the Ramones. Only Johnny Ramone, the guitarist, is older than her. Which is impressive. Yeah. Because there's a scene in this where she, she's with all of the Ramones and it, it looks creepy. They look so much older than her. They do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we know PJ Souls from playing high school students. Yeah. Do we even know her from anything else apart from getting punched in the face in Halloween? Punched in the face in Halloween? Uh, the, the remake. Was she in the remake? What film was she punched in the face? Devil's Rejects. Oh, Devil's Rejects, yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Um, well, pretty much the same thing. She, she was the voice in Halloween 2018 in the school. Fate. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, no, other than that. She was in other films that we'd like to watch, mm -hmm. but we really only know her as a high school student yeah. from Halloween and Rock and Roll High School. Carrie. And Carrie, there we go. 
The romantic theme song heard under the credits, Did We Meet Somewhere Before, is sung by Paul McCartney and Wings. Uh, McCartney wrote it as the theme to Heaven Can Wait, but Warren Beatty decided not to use it. Alan Arkish, the director, then swung a deal whereby he was able to use the song for only $500, provided that McCartney did not receive screen credit. Okay. Paul McCartney, too good for rock and roll high school, really? Um, he would probably think he was <laughs> too good for rock and roll high school. Uh, PJ Souls had never heard Ramones before being cast in the film. She you was can tell. She was given their music to listen to, but admits she didn't like it at first. But after her enjoyment of working with them, she became a fan. Yeah. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are scenes where she sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Because she gives new wave. Yeah. Rather than punk. So she sticks out, like especially with the actual Ramones fans. Yeah, she's she's almost she looks like a fucking gem from Gem and the Holograms at the time. But also she's the Ramones. Well, no, Jerrica Benton, she looks like from Gem and the Holograms. She's the Ramones' biggest fan. Yet when she's at their gigs, the only words she knows are "Hey ho, let's go." Like she doesn't know any other words. No, no, so no. <laughs> apart from the song that her character writes for them. Yes. Um, on the last day of shooting, Alan Arkish was hospitalised for exhaustion, and Joe Dante was to- uh, topped. Wow! Excuse me. <laughs> Welcome back to Pride Month. Uh, it was tapped to direct that's the. Dick, rem- that's Dick Miller for you. <laughs> it was tapped to direct the remaining scenes, which are the scene in the in the gym where PJ Soul sings her version of Rock and Roll oh my High God, School. The best scene. The long take in the bathroom and oh my God, the, the best scene and the scene involving the telephone booth. Oh my God, the best scene. <laughs> Uh, PJ Souls purchased her own wardrobe because the film's budget was so low they couldn't afford decent clothes for her. And she'd never heard of the Ramones before. <laughs> she spent her entire salary, which was uh, $2,100. Uh, on... Oh, she deserved more than that. I know, yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, on her clothes, the red satin jacket for, was $300 from Fred Segal. According to Souls, Rod Stewart was at the store. Fred Siegel. That too. Rod Stewart it's not was Stephen Segal. <laughs> it could be his brother. Rod Stewart was at the store and wanted to buy the jacket, but she claimed it before him. Oh, I mean, absolutely good. Rod Stewart, what a fucking nightmare. She he looks... was far too old for yeah. that jacket. <laughs> I mean, he was far too old then. He's still alive now, <laughs> and it still looks shit on him. Um, yeah, she absolutely served in that jacket. I'm very glad Rod Stewart didn't get it. Yeah, but. That's a bit of a shame that she got fuck all for this money. I know, yeah. Considering she's in the majority of the film, yeah. she's the she's main the lead character. character. She's the lead. <laughs> and she got less than any of the Ramones. I suppose the film wouldn't have been made well, without the Ramones. I mean, the Ramones got $25,000 between them. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, that, I suppose so. <laughs> that's not exactly uh, amazing. They had to do more gigs to be able to sleep. Like, yeah, that's Roger Corman for you, I suppose. <laughs> Alan Arkish tried for several years to get the film produced under various rough draft titles, including High School Spirit of 76, Heavy Metal Kids, Girls Gym, California Girls, and Disco High. After Todd Rundgren, Cheap Trick, and Tom Petty declined the project, Arkish settled on the Ramones for the band and the film and the title. 
Yeah, let's be honest. You could have just chucked any band oh, yeah. in there. It's not really a quintessential Ramones film. I don't know if they've had the same charm, though. No. Like, I mean, a lot of the charm comes from the Ramones look like they don't know where they are most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, does Cheap Trick have the hits to oh. perform? Yeah, of course. Do they? Yeah, Surrender. One. Um, any way you want it. That's the way you need it. Nope, that's, that's... magic, isn't it? <laughs> no, what are they called? No, it's Journey. That's Journey. That's Journey. <laughs> okay, if okay. you have to, if you have to Google cheap tricks, hits, hits uh, magical point, mystery tour. Then my cover. point stands. Dream Police. I want you to want me. That's the one I was thinking that's, of. That's the only one I could think of. And you only know the head. cover, so yeah. The yeah, what's the what called? Version. Uh, the ones who did Let's the Cleo. Yeah, yeah. And um, they have songs called "She's Tight." Wow. Um, Tonight it's you. Don't be cruel. For all you cheap trick fans out there, right? Um, I'm pretty sure the the flame. The, the flame. flame was number one in America when I was born. If you want my love. Ain't that a shame? I can't take it. Yeah, but this is this is all after nineteen seventy nine. It's true. It's true. Was she's tight? Okay, can before we... nineteen seventy nine. I don't care. <laughs> My point stands. Cheap Trick did not have the hits in nineteen seventy nine. To have a film based around them, or around their music. No, no, you're absolutely right. Thank I, you. Yeah. Uh, reportedly, on 31st of July 2008, it was announced that Alex Winter of Bill & Ted fame had been hired to develop a script to remake this film for Howard Stern. I mean, we're in 2022 and I haven't seen this yet, so... No. That's a shame. Well, what band in 2008 would this be based around? Uh, Ramona's, the all-female Ramona's tribute band. Right. Do you think they've got the hits? Yeah, they've got all the Ramones hits. Okay. Um, I mean, on a serious note, that would be amazing. I would absolutely be down for that. Um, I, I don't know, Green Day? Green Day, that would work. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I've, I've seen Billy Joe Armstrong act, and we don't need any more of that. Um, he act him. Uh, Ordinary World with uh, Judy Greer. Okay. Yeah. Let's, right. let's not talk about that anymore. I see. Uh, getting into the film, Ramones fanatic and delinquent Griff Randall battles it out with the strict new principal of Vince Lombardi High School, Miss Toga, with help from the Ramones. Um, yeah. Also, this is giving me class Newcomb High. Yes. Yeah, that kind of low-budget high school um, wacky... Film. The bit where they're trashing the school at the end, like I, I genuinely get that mixed up with Class of Newcomb High. Yeah, yeah. There was a sort of slew of films, you know, around that time mm-hmm. of, that were basically school is shit. Yeah. You know, and we need to start a revolution. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. I think it, what... Class of nineteen eighty four. Yeah, yeah. Class of yeah. Newcomb High. I mean, I, I, I am upset that I wasn't around in the days when that was the biggest problem in the world. <laughs> I 
Uh, yeah, to, I suppose <laughs> so. Like, does, does... Yeah, Riff, Riff Randall destroyed the school, but she, <laughs> she was probably still a homeowner. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I thought you were going to say she's probably still a homo then. I was like, well, you know, with that jacket, no. she probably was. No. Um, oh, no, no, she has a, yeah, okay. 1980, Vince Lombardi High School. Jocks grab a freshman, um, whilst... A freshman? A freshman, whilst, uh, did we meet somewhere before by Paul McCartney and Wings plays? Um, this freshman's a right nerd. How do we know? Because he has glasses with a bit of tape in the middle. Uh-huh. A nerdy girl tries talking to uh, school hunk Tom, but he isn't interested. This is Kate, one yeah. of our lead characters. How do we know she's a nerd? Glasses. She wears glasses. And uh, Miss Evelyn Togar, Professor Webb's replacement, is introduced to the board of teachers at a meeting, and she uh, tells them about how she makes plan, how she has plans to make the school a better place. Yes, Miss Togar, Queen Mary Warrenov. Uh huh. Um, she, she's given me. Countess Luan, <laughs> the house down boots. She really is. She looks like her. She's, you know, beautiful and statuesque like Countess Luan. I think you're doing Luan a disservice there, but okay. That's so, <laughs> that's so rude. She's made to look horrifying. No, but her face. She ain't got prosthetics. But, but her face. But her face. <laughs> No, she's a wonderful, wonderful actress. Yeah. She's in Night of the Comet. She was. Um, she's in a film with the actor who plays um, another one of the teachers, music teachers, Eating Raul. I'm desperate to watch. Absolutely desperate to watch. That was starring and directed by Paul Bartel. Okay. Who uh, plays Mr. McGree. Mr. McGree, gay icon. Yeah. And he is—he was a gay icon in real life as well. Of course. Yeah. Can't. That's not acting, hun. That no, is not acting. No. Um. Yeah. Um. Kate is played by uh, an actress I'm not familiar with. Okay. Day Young. Uh, Day spelled D E Y. I mean, that is a drag queen name. That is Day Young. <laughs> um. She was most. She's most famous for. Pretty Woman. Oh, she was the snobby saleswoman in uh, Pretty Woman. I mean, that's, ah. that's quite iconic, really. A tiny role, but quite iconic. She was waitress in Spaceballs, but this is her most famous role. But she kept going in little bits and yeah. parts. And um, Tom Robert, Tom Roberts? Tom Roberts. Tom Roberts is played by Vincent Van Patten, who... I think it was a bit of a teen star back in the day, but I know him as Eileen Davidson's husband. <laughs> um, as a as a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fan, Eileen Davidson's husband, the one where uh, Brandy accused Eileen of having an affair. Um, but yeah. Wait. Haven't we spoke about one of Eileen Davison's husbands before on the podcast? Mm, was he in another film we've done on the podcast? Vincent Van Platter? I don't think it was him. She only had one husband. No. No. So the idea is... So Brandy's issue was that they were both married when they met. Okay. Um, so he was married to, if I remember correctly... Um, this may be where you're thinking differently. 
He was married to... Awkwardly, waiting for the Wi-Fi to work. Because <laughs> I know who she is, but I couldn't remember her name. Betsy Russell. Oh, okay. Jigsaw's girlfriend. Yeah. In the Saw films. Uh-huh. So maybe that's what you're thinking. Uh, who also has a drag queen name, Jill Tuck. Jill Tuck. That's who we... <laughs> That's a great name. We we must have mentioned that on our Saw episodes. There's no way we could have missed that. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I mean, oh, God, we did do... Um, the entire franchise, yeah. We did. God, that feels like a million years it ago. Does, it does. We'll have to do Spiral at some point. Oh. Um, great. Yeah, completionists. Anyway, uh, enough about our schedule. Uh, <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Enough about the gossip. Slub gossip. Yeah, music teacher Mr. McGree, uh, he tries teaching now. his very bored class about Beethoven. Uh, but before he can continue, Riff Randall... Riff Randall... Randall. Randall. Why are you making her posher than she is? Because <laughs> she can afford that jacket. She uh, played by PJ Souls. In... She can afford a fucking thousand dollars worth of fucking tickets. Well, it's true. Uh, informs everyone that this is rock and roll high school and starts playing Sheena is a punk rocker by Ramones through all of the school speakers, and everyone loves it. The place is uncontrollable. Oh, my God. The credits roll as the students dance. Yeah. They're having a great time. I love the way she's like, I'm Riff Randall, and this is Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> Thank you. I, w- I was wondering what film I was, <laughs> I was watching. Um, unsurprisingly, Miss Togar is fucking fuming. She is. She is. Um, while she's fuming, we keep getting scenes of uh, Riff in that red jacket, just doing the same dance, looking like she's stamping on the camera. It's amazing. She's paid a lot for that jacket, she, and she she's going to get use out of it. Uh, Togar unplugs the record player and tells everyone how she won't punish everyone, but she wants the person involved to step forward. And Kate Rambo steps forward and takes the blame. What a nerd. And uh, Togo wants to know who uh, the girl she's with is. And uh, <laughs> Riff introduces herself as Riff Randall, rock and roller. <laughs> Absolutely. They're both punished in the end, Camp queen. She is. Both punished for detention. They are. Um, Riff has done more detention than anyone in school history. Yeah. Yeah, she, she was only upset because... Uh, <laughs> Because Togar took away the Best Ramones album from her. Mm-hmm. Um, Riff... Which isn't true, but carry on. Kate, Kate isn't happy about having detention, though, is she? She's a good girl. She, she's, yeah, she, she's a good girl. She works hard, and she's been led in the wrong direction by her friend Riff. Yeah. Tom makes his way through the school hallways with girls chatting him up. No, no, no. Tom, as captain of the football team, is horrified that none of the girls in the hallway... Um, all dressed like they're going to Studio 54, have any interest in him. <laughs> so the the running joke is that he can't talk to women. I thought they were chatting him up. No, he's chatting them up. Oh, okay. So the, the, the joke is, and it's a running joke through the film, is that he just talks about the weather. Yeah. And it, it, his conversations, because he gets too nervous, just turns to, I hear it's raining cats and dogs in Idaho. <laughs> So all the girls have been given this line mm-hmm. when he gets nervous chatting to them is that I hear it's raining cats and dogs in Idaho. Uh-huh. It is Idaho, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. He wants to improve Idaho? his... Idaho? How dare you? Did you just call me? <laughs> he wants to improve his self-image and broaden his horizons, doesn't he? He does. He is captain of the football team and he needs to not be such a dork. Yeah. 
Uh, he goes to the boys' bathroom. After Riff makes him realise he needs to get laid while she's listening to I Want to Be Sedated. <laughs> he goes to the boys' bathroom to see Eagle Bauer, played by Clint Howard. And if you don't know what else Clint Howard has well, been in, then you need to stop listening now. This thing's amazing. He goes to the bathroom where everyone's smoking, whilst smoking in the boys' room plays by uh, Brownsville Station. I hate that song. That's a horrible song. It is, but it fits this scene. It fits perfectly. it. I just hate. I don't like. Um, yeah. Aside from that song, um, the soundtrack for this film is just—it's one of the best. It is. It's really good. We have it on vinyl. We do. Um, Bragging rights. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Eagle Bauer is—he's a kind of oracle, isn't he? Of Clint Howard. What a fucking guy. Um, Another bit of Clint Howard. I mean. Obviously, we've discussed him in about a thousand other different films. Uh, you may remember Mr. Fisherman in House uh, House of the Dead. Yeah, House of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> really? That's a disservice to poor Clint <laughs> Howard. You may remember him as the Fisherman from House of the Dead. Uh, he was Ice Cream Man. He, uh... What? Name me some of the Clint Howard films. He's been in everything. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Three? Four? Oh, in two, weren't he? It was in four and five. Oh, of course he was, yeah. Yeah, he's... A whole, he's got a whole festival dedicated to him in America. He's... Does he? Yeah. Icon. Absolute icon. Um, He's the male Civil Dannon. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, in, in the way that he he's pops a movie. Yeah. yeah. Not in the fact that he gets naked a lot in his films. Uh, he was also in Solo, A Star Wars Story, by the way. <laughs> That's who. <laughs> well, his brother directed Ron, Ron Howard. Howard. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you there's a good chance if you listen to this podcast, you've seen Clint Howard in any in something, and you you know his face. Apollo thirteen. <laughs> um. Yeah. Three from Hell. Granddaddy Daycare. <laughs> yeah, he. You um... forced you forced my hand on this. I initially said. If you don't know what films he's been in, stop listening. And then he <laughs> reeled off his films. Uh, he was in Blubberella. It's, it's an impressive filmography, what can I say? <laughs> Blubberella. <laughs> well. The Haunted World of El Superbisto. <laughs> Curious George 2. <laughs> Night at the Museum 2. What the fuck? <laughs> Why is he in Night at the Museum 2? Cinderella Man as a referee. <laughs> Fun with Dick and Jane. Wow. So yeah, he's been Beethoven's in, fifth. He's been in a lot of big Hollywood productions as well, apparently. The Water Boy. <laughs> he's just always available. Santa with muscles. Okay, we, we yeah we remember. Barb Wire. Yes. So anyway, Clint Howard, icon. Fist of the North okay. Star. I don't want to know what he does in that. Um, Bigfoot, the unforgettable encounter. Okay, we could have just said remember him from when he gets old up and has sex in Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then everyone would have remembered. Um, so he plays Mr. Eagle Bauer. He does. Clint Howard. Oh, star of Evil Speak. He has a big role in Evil Speak. Um, yeah. He is dressed. I'm done, I'm done, I'm sorry. He is dressed to impress. Um, that is some outfit he's wearing. He. <laughs> he. He's one of these people that doesn't age because he always kind of looked old. Yeah. You know, it kind of took a spike early on and just kind of stayed there. Yeah. Whereas some people age, you know, through the years. Other people age prematurely 
but don't continue aging. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clint Howard is definitely one of those. <laughs> um, you were going to describe what kind of character he is. Please do, because it's yeah, bizarre. so he's a kind of oracle um, character who, along with his secretary, can help students with any problem that they have for a price. Um, in this case, he's going to help Tom lose his virginity. Yeah. Um, Eagle Bauer, with a game show style voiceover, <laughs> suggests that Kate is a perfect match. Tom only has eyes for Rift, though, but he'll have to pay big for her. Uh, there are so many drugs on this set. <laughs> also... The thing that hasn't aged well, there are very, there are quite a few moments in this film that haven't aged very well. Uh, suggesting that he'd have to pay a bigger price to sleep with Riff, when Riff has nothing to do with this transaction, is something that hasn't aged particularly yeah. well. <laughs> I just put, oh, high school movies. <laughs> His office is in the the boys' toilets. It is. Um... <laughs> Oh, get that out there! Just gotta get that out there in the boys' room. Yeah, so that happens. Um, gym teacher Coach Steroid. I didn't realize her name was Coach Steroid until I was looking on <laughs> TV. She wants to know what Riff has in her ears um, when she's listening to her Walkman, and Kate has her back and tells her it's an hearing aid, and she pretends to be deaf. Uh, but Kate is worried that. Riff will just get into trouble for uh, continuing to listen to her Walkman. To which she says, oh, come on, she doesn't even know why the Beatles broke up. <laughs> she doesn't even know that the Beatles have broke up. No, she said why. She said that. That's true. Oh, well, I've, I've ever worked. One of Togar's assistants sends a paper plane flying through the entire school to get Mr. McGree. Mm. Um... They're very much given... Uh, well, they are hall monitors, aren't they? They are hall monitors. Uh, but they are given uh, very much... Where's your pass? Yes. Um, he, he takes one... They also take one to uh, coach steroid directly. Uh, Tolga then holds a meeting with McGree and uh, coach steroid. Because uh, they couldn't afford too many extras to play teachers. So there's only two teachers no. in this school. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> She informs them how rock and roll is changing the students and goes on to show them an example of how it affected a mouse. Uh, the mouse got himself a nice leather jacket and played electric guitar really loud and got a bit horny. <laughs> yeah, her issues that the, the after listening to rock and roll music, the mouse started wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses, <laughs> wasn't keeping his cage tidy, and was living with another mouse out of wedlock. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't even need. I don't even kind of need to say in a bizarre series of events. Um, this entire film is a bizarre series of events. Yeah, it is. The mice come back. Um, yeah, they, they are big characters uh, in this film. Toka's uh, hall monitors bully the nerdy yeah, guy next, don't they? They do. Um, and he says they give him some sort of whatever it is, like um, like points or something. I don't understand what the system is. Um, but for being out of class, getting his books. And he's like, why would you give me, you know, points on whatever? He said, because you're ugly. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. Uh, <laughs> it's, I can't imagine if, if I was like a kid in America mm-hmm. watching these kind of films, you would think 
high school was just a horror show. Imagine yeah. if you wore glasses. Imagine <laughs> if you wore glasses and you watched all these films before going to high school. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to die at high school all because I'm wearing glasses. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, that kid gets bullied. Um, he did. <laughs> Kids get bullied. They decide to uh, go and spy on the girls in the gym class. Yes. Where Riff uh, informs everyone that she's wrote a new song for the Ramones and goes on to perform Rock and Roll High School for everyone. Uh, classic. Yeah. Um, groundbreaking. <laughs> she's a stunner. Yeah. She performs so well. It's a great song. She's a songwriting genius. She is. And um, I just love it. It's campus tits. It is. It's ridiculous. But, like, it's kind of, like, really cool as well. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In that really 70s uh-huh. way. Like, um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Favourite scene of the film? No. No? No. I mean, well, for the right reasons, yes. Um, In a cinematic sense. Oh, yeah. No, it's my favourite yeah. scene of the film. Because yeah. it kind of encapsulates what the film's about. Yeah, it's it's my favourite good scene of the film. Um, my other favourite scene involves uh, PJ Souls and the Ramones in her bedroom. Oh, um, yes, We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Togar <laughs> makes Mr. McCree and uh, Coach Steroid listen to Teenage Lobotomy by Ramones while showing the effect it has on a mouse. She turns the volume up to 11 and makes the mouse explode. Did you see what the, what yes. the uh, thing was? I didn't get them all down. No. But it was... Um, so the rating or the meter or whatever it is for volume uh, went from Muzak to Ramones via Pat Boone, The Who <laughs> and Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in fact, Ramones are louder than all of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's these subtle little touches as well that just really add to the film. Yeah, it's just silly, isn't it? It reminds me of a film that we watched recently, um, Better Off Dead. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but just that kind of really wacky humour uh-huh. where um, just silly things happen and no one really you know, reacts in a normal yeah. way to the they sort of like, uh-huh. well, well, that happens every day, yeah. I'm, yeah, I can't believe that mouse has exploded. <laughs> um, yeah, Togar's uh, assistants grass up uh, PJ Souls. You know their names, don't you? No, I don't. Hansel and Gretel. No, they're not. Their surnames <laughs> are Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> So stupid. That's even better. Um, they tell her about the gym class performance, and uh, Togar gets there after the song is finished, but she's still fuming because it looks like everyone's dancing uh, when they should be reading books. Yeah, in gym class. <laughs> um, whilst getting changed in the la- in the ladies' locker room, Kate asks Cheryl about Tom Roberts. <laughs> And Cheryl says that Tom Roberts is handsome, but such a dork. <laughs> Riff thinks that Tom Roberts is so boring, his brother is an only child. 
Or Kate thinks he's a fox. Kate thinks he's a fox. Uh, who does Riff think is uh, sexier than Tom? Riff prefers Joey Ramone. <laughs> and she's going to skip class to purchase tickets to their concert <laughs> for her and the girls. Um, she thinks he's a stone-cold fox. Um, with all due respect, I love the Ramones. Yeah. But he's not the handsome leading man, but is he? He's no, not quite. Which is where I feel like <laughs> the script maybe was written for another band in oh, mind. Come on. Every band in the seventies, their lead singers, would they have charted today? It, it's a difficult one because I do look back and there's some <laughs> bands in the 70s and I, I, I look at them and with all due respect, I'm like, you wouldn't even get a recording contract these days. And we're seeing a shift in that, you know, but when I was younger, popular music, looks was a huge part of it. You know, they made a whole fucking show based around it <laughs> called The Voice. Where they were like, we just want to hear the voice and not see, yeah. you know, what people look like. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, anyone who was over what was deemed as a normal weight yeah. or um, a normal weight mm-hmm. for celebrities or mm-hmm. singers, uh, you know, was given the fat person who can sing storyline. Yeah. On these shows, you know, and that's me growing up. That's what it was like. Although we were growing up whilst uh, Oasis got famous. <laughs> oh, totally different from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But then, but then, I mean, you gotta be at least somewhat handsome to bag Patsy Kensit. You gotta have some sex I'm, appeal. I'd hope so. I'd hope so. Um, but yeah, not to sound harsh, but Joe Ramone. It's not the one. Yeah. He's <laughs> let's be honest though, I think there was a lot of drugs and it showed. The Ramones have just never been an attractive band. Let's no. I mean they're not sex symbols, are they? No. No, it is it is a weird I one. think that's part but of their appeal though. I, I think I think they that's part of their thing. So like we're outcasts, we're weirdos, we're not attractive, you know, we're Ramones. Yeah, it, it is... That's why I relate so much. It's kind of the, the weird thing where it's like, you're punk, mm. so your whole thing is that you don't care. Yeah. But then there were some punks who, like, really put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. It's like, is that punk? Like, it's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? So, yeah. like, isn't the whole point of being a punk not caring, but then you kind of have to care to make yourself look like a punk? Or people aren't going to realise you're punk. Yeah, that's a whole other subject for another episode. <laughs> what is real Which punk? Which is why the real punks are the ones who, uh, you know, the gay punks who, you know, like... Um, Mr. McGree. Jane County, who was just like, I don't give a... You know, divine. Mm-hmm. That's who I would look at as punk. Yeah. You know, I don't give a shit. You know, I would look and dress however mm-hmm. I like. You know? Yeah. Uh, Riff plans to skip classes so she'd go and see the Ramones uh, and give them her songs. She waits in line for three days to get tickets. Uh, in the meantime, Kate takes random notes uh, from Riff to uh, Togar. Do you have them down? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I The confusing part with this three days of queuing, mm-hmm. 
I don't think anyone actually joins her in the queue. <laughs> and they do eventually. <laughs> they do eventually. But it's at least like two days later. <laughs> like it's literally on the last day. <laughs> so the first two days were completely pointless. Because <laughs> there's no one else in the queue. Yeah. <laughs> um, you ever queued up to get tickets for someone three days? No? No. No. I wasn't Are we like going she... to when Madonna tours? <laughs> okay, in 2022, I don't think anyone queues up. They just hit refresh and then yeah. have a meltdown when their tickets are in the basket for only 30 seconds and then they disappear. <laughs> On that note, if anyone's got spare Sugar Babes tickets... Oh my God, we should have done it for Sugar Babes. <laughs> we didn't know we had to. Queued up outside Muttia's house. <laughs> Please, let's go. But yeah, if anyone... We'll do it in the name the episode after you. ...to Sugar Babes <laughs> in Manchester, you know, I'm willing to pay going rate. We'll record you exclusive episodes. We'll, we'll do a top ten Sugar Babes episode and send <laughs> it to you. Don't say that. <laughs> do a live episode. We'll never... Cold hard cash, darling. We'll give you cold hard cash. Um. Yeah, so... Uh, Riff's parents have apparently died, and so is a goldfish. Um, <laughs> yeah. I all oh, those notes. Yeah, yeah. No, I got yeah. Um, parents and a, a goldfish. Poor, poor gets died. Uh, Kate goes to see Eagle Bauer. Oh wait, did you also notice what she reads to uh, keep herself entertained? Gabba Gabba Gazette. The Gabba Gabba um, yeah, she has all sorts of Ramones memorabilia uh, with her. I don't she takes a bag. Um, they're just all in her pockets, apparently. Yeah, yeah, deck chair, <laughs> all that. But it's three days, though. There's only so many times you can read the Gabba Gabba Gazette. Um, Kate goes to see Eagle Bauer. Uh, all the boys cover their eyes when she walks through the bathroom. They do. Uh, she tells him that she wants to go on a date with Tom Roberts. So, in the... Okay, I will say, because Disney has... Fucking insane. Eagle Bauer, in a bizarre series of events, drives her to Tom at the side of a road somewhere. And he tells them the first lesson is necking. The place, lover's lane. The reason, you're young. Eagle Bauer puts a candle on the front of their car and a cardboard cut out of their view, but at night time next to them. <laughs> he then goes on to demonstrate how Tom should act uh, on a blow-up doll. Tom gives it a try with Kate and she smiles. Eagle Bauer then just demonstrates how to undo bras. Would you take uh, this sort of advice from Clint Howard? <laughs> um, I wouldn't. Cause it's, not like, it's not like you see him in the film surrounded by women. Also, if I was Kate, I would be offended that one of the lessons is taking bras off on the first date. But she seems okay. She actually flashes, oh, yeah. she flashes him a little bit yeah. as well, doesn't he? Okay. Uh, this... She's, been, she's fucking gagging for it. <laughs> this, yeah, I, I mean, what what can be said about this scene? I'm not here to slut shame anyone, but I suppose poor Kate, you know. Like, go on, Kate. The insinuation is that, you know, they didn't ask her. I mean, she's up for it. I mean, but he's, sh- you know, gone to all the effort to get a blow up doll and six <laughs> bras to put on it. It's true. Uh, I mean, she did go to Eagle Bauer to get with Tom, so... Mm. Um, Kate brings Togar the, the goldfish letter. Um, Togar 
wakes up and uh oh, Togar doesn't wake up, Riff wakes up. Riff wakes up and uh Angel Dust Boo. Ramon's number one fan and groupie has pushed in line. Riff is number one fan. I know. Um they have an argument about it which consists of them saying, I was first in line, I was first in line, I was first in line. Yes. And <laughs> just when you thought this couldn't get any more bizarre. Ramon's drive to the venue whilst performing, I just want to have something to do in their car. Joey Ramon's eating a leg of chicken, um, because there's some of the lyrics in the song, um, but he's still singing fine. Uh, Marky Ramon's just knocking his drumsticks together. He's singing (laughs) fine. They're lip-syncing the house down boots. (laughs) Bitch, nothing's plugged in. Um, The crowd queuing is going absolutely wild. Yeah. We're 37 minutes into the film, and we finally get to see the Ramones. What I didn't get is, why are the Ramones driving there for their tickets to go on sale? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, surely they're, they're on tour somewhere else. But, oh, well, yeah. I mean, but then again, you know what? This film, and I, I'll say this right now, more than any other film we've ever discussed on this podcast, this film has zero logic. There's not a single, no. single second of logic and that's in this Because it's not meant to. No, and that's it's why not it's meant so to. We're, we're, we're meant to suspend our belief yeah. for the hour and 30 whatever minutes. Uh-huh. You know, so it's fine. That's the way it's, you know, it's a comedy. It's a silly throwaway yeah. film, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it's funny to point stuff out like that. Yeah, it is funny. Angel and Riff start fighting as Ramones get closer. Riff smacks her in the face with Gabba Gabba Gazette. <laughs> um, Angel gets the last laugh, though. She does. She? The Ramones manager takes Angel backstage because the boys would love to see her. Yeah. Are, are, are we, is it insinuating that... Uh, yeah, she's a groupie. That she's a groupie. She's a groupie. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, you know, Angel Dust, if, if you want it, go get it, um, I suppose. Yeah, good for, good for her. Poor Riff, though. Um, yeah, she uh, gutted, but she buys a hundred tickets for a thousand dollars. She does. I don't know where she got a thousand dollars from, <laughs> because she hands them out as gifts to everyone at the school. It's fucking loaded. Apparently so. I mean... Do you remember the days when it would have been uh, a tenner for a ticket to a gig? Well, a tenner for a ticket was back in the day because they actually made money from physical sales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas they, you know, the poor artists these days uh-huh. make fuck all yeah. from uh, streams yeah. and have to, mm-hmm. you know, go on tour just to make some money. I, I don't know how Kate Bush is making any I'm, fucking money. Yeah. It used to be... She never toured. She, like, toured... Well, we know how Kate Bush is making her money now. Yeah. But it, it, she's one of those weird anomalies of the, of an, an artist mm-hmm. who's released a lot of music... Yeah. ...but hasn't toured a lot, you know, whereas there are many artists... Like, Alton John, you know, he's constantly touring, he's constantly playing somewhere all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, and how it is these days, and... It, it's annoying because I suppose what we save from, you know, having to buy physical copies yeah. of albums and songs because we pay our £10 a month to Spotify, yeah. 
we have to make up for when we go and see them live. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we buy physical copies as well. Which, it, you know, if, you know, I'm not going to buy a physical copy of everything. No. You know, but if it's something that I love, mm-hmm. then I'll buy a physical copy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'll make it a vinyl to make it extra special. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will buy a physical copy of it to say, you know, job well done, guys. Very patronising. Yes. Yeah. But job well done, guys. I'm going to see you live as well. I, I seem to remember I went to, when I went to see Muse, which was a stadium gig, I think it was like £30. That was in like 2007. Good gracious. When digital music Bargain. hadn't quite taken off at that point. Um, yeah. So back in my day. Uh, but now it's certainly nowhere near. It's a lot more. If Madonna performed, I think... <laughs> Bankrupt. We, we would. We would. It's £50 see Sugar Babes. Yeah, that's about right. But don't let I put you off. If you have tickets available, um, we are willing to pay say, the £50. Yeah. <laughs> <I give> you... <laughs> um, we'll call it 30 and uh, that bonus episode I mentioned. Uh, yeah, she uh, buys 100 tickets for $1,000. dollars make it 60 <laughs> <laughs> uh, 100 tickets for $1,000, hands them out of the school, including to Mr. McGree, who somehow doesn't know who the Ramones are. Ramones. <laughs> no, because he listens to classical music. He had it blared through his fucking speakers. And he had that big fucking speech from uh, Toga. Yeah. About the Ramones. He's never seen it written down. Well, yeah. Um, he's surprised that all the students' interest are going to a concert. He can't believe it. Yes, yeah, so please bless him. Toga has a meeting with Riff and Kate, tells Kate how disappointed she is in her, tells Riff she knows she was lying, brings her goldfish to the office, um, and has her assistant steal Riff and Kate's tickets from them to give to charity. Yes. I love how the thing is that, well, we, we brought your goldfish in, so they must have broken into their house. <laughs> many, many laws are broken by Hansel and Gretel uh, to please Miss Toga. Um, but they've brought the goldfish in. One of Hansel or Gretel eats the fish. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, do we make sure that her parents are alive? And they're like, no, they, they probably are. If she lied about the goldfish, she must have lied about the parents. Um, so Riff is really upset. She is. So to cheer herself up, Riff has a spliff in her bedroom. And what happens after that? In the biz- most bizarre series of events we've ever discussed on this podcast. She puts on Road to Ruin on vinyl uh, while she's smoking a joint. Um, I Want You Around starts playing. And the fucking Ramones appear at her house and start performing it to her. So she's having a daydream, isn't she? <laughs> so she's lying on her bed, she's smoking a spliff, and Joey Ramone appears in the corner of the room. <laughs> like a chair. fucking sleep paralysis demon. Yeah. <laughs> Serenading her. <laughs> Fucking wiggling his finger at her. He's terrifying. Joey Ramone's just playing guitar and looking confused. So confused. No, the, Joey Ramone's the... Uh, Johnny, the Johnny, Ramone, Johnny, Johnny Ramone. Johnny Ramone. This is the first scene they filmed, by the way. Uh, for the entire film. Oh, this is the first one they filmed? I am surprised PJ Soul stayed on set. For exactly. The what the hell have I got myself into? <laughs> because then... Suddenly, she's in her brow and knickers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before that... Whoa, 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 whoa. Before Joey what? climbs onto her fucking bed and starts singing it into her mouth. 
Johnny Ramone is still awkwardly playing guitar and watching. She then looks out of her window and Marky Ramone is in her garden playing drums with his full drum set. This is when she's in her bra and knickers. Does she get in her bra and knickers so by this point? she's in her bra and knickers and she's got like a um, dressing gown or, or whatever. Uh-huh. Like like a nice dressing gown. Yeah. Um, and then that's when she looks out. So she's like flashing him <laughs> out the window. <laughs> Mark Ramone does not give a shit. No. He doesn't care. <laughs> I don't think that's what he's seeing as he's being filmed. They all look so annoyed to be there. It's great. Um, it gets weirder. She strips off, um, has a towel around her, goes to her bathroom, and I shit you not, we are not making this up. I will post it on our YouTube. Dee Dee Ramone is in her fucking shower. <laughs> as it's really... <laughs> A big grin on his face <laughs> as she's like completely naked yes. <laughs> waiting to get in the shower <laughs> and PJ Souls carried on filming this fucking film what a what a champ what a nightmare going to your shower and fucking Dee Dee Ramones in there <laughs> just fucking playing bass <laughs> grinning <laughs> and then Everyone joins her in the bathroom. Oh my god, the tiniest bathroom in the, the world. Tiniest bathroom, and then she's just in a towel, isn't she? She hasn't yeah. actually been in the shower. Um, I don't know what was in that spliff. <laughs> there was, a, I think it was laced with something. It what? It can't have just been weed. She faints onto Marky Ramone, and he <laughs> is fucking fuming. Get the fuck off me! He is fuming, and she's back on her bed. And that all happened. It's so weird because obviously she has all these romantic, you know, intentions with Jory Ramone. <laughs> but surely even in 1979, <laughs> it wouldn't have been good for their image, really. Yeah. For them, for him to have a romantic relationship <laughs> with a high school student. Surely they were like older. Okay, well, what's bizarre is the fact that she's older than yeah, three exactly. Of them. But she's playing a high yeah, school student, and she student. looks in this scene. She looks so young, and they look so fucking it's, old. It's, <laughs> it's kind of it's not the awkwardness is that it's not even like they're ogling her. No, it's that they don't seem to be enjoying the experience. <laughs> Dee Dee kind of. But he just seems to be enjoying being in the shower, fully okay. dressed. Dee Dee was probably off his face. Himself, yeah, let's yeah, face of course. It. <laughs> Which just makes it even more bizarre, because <laughs> it's it. You would say, "Oh God, you know, this is super awkward. It's super creepy because they're all, you know, ogling her, all uh-huh. eyeing her up, and it's her fantasy. I understand that, but you know, filmmakers." The writers, all men, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but they seem to be having a terrible time. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, why is she in her Brian Nickers then? If it's her fantasy, surely she would fantasise about them enjoying <laughs> the moment. They're absolutely being held at gunpoint. Just, be uh, they are contractually <laughs> obligated the house down boots. Even... Even Joey Remote, whilst he's singing into her mouth and wiggling his finger at her, even he looks like he's being forced to do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history. Um, all aspiring filmmakers should watch that. And they should. They want to know what to do. Um, Eagle Bauer <laughs> buys Tom a camper van so he can have sex with Kate. <laughs> Kate and Riff. No, with Riff. Oh, so hang on. The big thing is, now I think something's... I was a little confused because I feel like the idea is that Eagle Bauer has yeah. a thing for Kate. Yeah. And Tom has a thing for Riff. Yeah, which we know he does from but before, yeah. But Kate has a thing for Tom. Yeah. So they, I feel like what they're trying to do is to lure them into a double date uh-huh. so that Eagle Bauer can get with Kate and Tom can get with Riff. Yeah. And now, especially seeing as their tickets have been ripped up mm-hmm. and they don't have their tickets anymore. Um, yes, yeah, so I assumed when they had that little weird side of the road thing that Tom realised he wanted Kate. No. Um, but yeah, no, it makes sense. It's as still it real. Um, and Eagle Bauer suggests that uh, Tom will get lucky with Riff as she's more likely to put out now she can't go to the concert. <laughs> Lovely. Yes, that's that's how that works. That's definitely how that works. Come on, nineteen seventy nine. Um, yeah. Tom, being the dirty dog that he is, calls Riff after Riff and Kate have had a long conversation about how Kate and Tom have been seeing each other a lot uh-huh. that week, and Kate's really excited because this could be the night that she loses her virginity. Yeah. And then Tom, dirty dog. You know, calls up asking Riff if she's free that evening for a date. Well, he calls her up and he's like, it's Tom. She's like, who? Like, Tom, who the fuck's that? And he's like, oh, I talk about the weather. She's like, oh, that Tom. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, Riff says yes to him. Uh, he brags about his waterbed and the expensive stereo that he's listened to, I Want to Be a Boyfriend, uh, by Ramones on. And... Uh, yeah, they agreed to meet up, and uh, Kate's going to go with them. Kate's fuming. She is. Rightfully uh, so. Rightfully so. And then Riff... Riff says it's a joke. Yeah. But it's kind of like a weird joke that's meant to get Kate and Tom closer. And I'm just... I've got in my notes, like, how does that work? Which <laughs> is like, oh, I'll take care of Eagle Bauer. And wow, PJ Souls, you really are taking one for the team. And it is... <laughs> Kate not upset that Tom seemingly isn't yeah. interested. Like, there's never... She's upset with Riff, but why is she's not actually ever upset with Tom? Despite it's Tom... It's true. It's very strange. ...blowing her off. Their relationship is weird. It's weird. It's like... It's like, they were like well, we can't have Joey and Riff having a romance, um, but we need for a romance in there. Why don't we just... <laughs> this random nerd and jock thing together yeah um yeah so tom thinks she's being serious he's like well hey and he's like to eagle bow oh yeah we're getting it on tonight with uh, those two um and they're like we have to take it in turns on the wall on the waterbed Lovely. yeah um luckily for riff though <laughs> Well, meanwhile, Riff tells Kate how sexy Joey Ramone is when uh, oh, when he's eating pizza. The only thing he eats. The only thing he eats. <laughs> um, Riff and Kate hear a competition on the radio, just like in Jingle All the Way, uh, to this win two free, Jingle All the Way two free tickets to the Ramones gig if they can answer which album Questioningly is on. 
Um, they ripped someone away from the fucking phone booth, the nearest phone booth. Uh, He's asking someone to marry him. Yeah. <laughs> With the, holding the ring. Holding the ring. And he like drops the <laughs> ring and he's like, you're asking someone over the phone? Why do you need to have the ring in your hands? They can't see it. Uh, she calls up screaming Steve's radio station and tells him it's on road to ruin and she wins the tickets. They tell Tom they've been in a horrible car accident, even though they've just announced it on the radio that they've won. Yes. Tom is fuming. He is. Um, but who cares? Because it's concert time! Yeah, Mr. McGree arrives dressed like an absolute fucking camp icon. Yes. He is serving fashion. Uh, the doorman thinks he's at the wrong place. He does. <laughs> yeah. Very ash. A giant mouth... <laughs> We're not getting our words mixed up. We haven't had a gas leak. A giant mouse shows up uh, and is almost turned away because of all the mouse explosions recently. But the mouse puts his headphones on and then he's allowed in. He's got a leather jacket. He looks like a biker mouse from Mars. <laughs> biker mouse from Mars. Um, yeah. Riff and Kate arrive. A guy tells Riff she's got a nice ass. She's like, oh, thanks. That's Kate. <laughs> Oh, was it Kate? I thought yeah, it was... Yeah, Kate deserved that compliment. She did. She's, she's, uh, she's just been ditched. She's been ghosted. Um, what are they wearing? Because like, <laughs> Kate was dressed conservatively. Riff said, I've got the perfect outfit for you. It's got a cape. It's got a belt that shoots out balls. Um... It's given New Wave. It's it not is. given Punk Ramones. No. I mean, surely... If, what I don't get is, if you're the Ramones' biggest fan, why do you wear so much colour? <laughs> like, everyone else is wearing, like, black. It's true. Because that's what the Ramones wear. They yeah. wear black. <laughs> and she's always colourful. I mean, do your own thing in your own way. <laughs> it's just... A, it's. It, you're sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah, especially the, the entire gig is made up of actual Ramones fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Screaming Steve introduces the two nuns who were given the charity tickets from the school. What were their names? Oh, I didn't get them done. Oh, was it... Uh, I may have this wrong, but it's... I think it's like... Um, Mary Teresa. Uh, something And like Teresa that, yeah. Mary. <laughs> Togar's listening to the show being broadcast live at the school um, telling her assistants uh, Hansel and Gretel uh, uh, all the new old fashioned rules that she's putting in place at school Screaming Steve uh, introduces Riff and Kate for winning his radio contest and brings them on stage where Riff says screw you Togar we made it to the concert anyways Togar of course hears this and sends Hansel and Gretel to crash the show and bring Riff and Kate back to the school even though it's night time yeah Another sort of legal <laughs> grey area there. Like, are you allowed to do that? Yeah. Uh, Screaming Steve brings... Oh, also, really awkward moment. I just I uh-huh. feel like I need to mention it because it's coming up again soon. You know when Hansel and Gretel take the tickets off of the girls? Oh, um... And they... What does it they say? Body... Body something. Body tackle. Body search. Body search. Body search. And throw their hands out. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's also... That's very 1979, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Uh, Scream Steve brings Riff and Kate backstage, but the Ramones manager asks Angel to take them back to their seats. 
What fucking seats? I know, yeah. Um, before asking Steve for more airplay, even though he already plays Ramones once an hour. <laughs> I'm sure Ramones weren't being played once an hour. Um, I know, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, they start their, Ramones start their set with Blitzkrieg Bop. Uh, the place goes crazy, even if no one knows any of the lyrics, aside from Hey Ho, Let's Go. Yeah. But this, the, from now on, it kind of epitomises what makes the film work. Yeah. Is that the Ramones are, for the most part, allowed to do what the Ramones do best. Uh-huh. Put on a live performance. Yeah. And we get, is it four full songs yeah, from yeah. them? You know, which is why people have bought tickets to the film. And there's this obviously film going on around them, mm-hmm. you know, and leave that to the actual actors. Yeah. You know, you just do your performances, say a few lines, <laughs> but we'll keep it at that. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's where other films have gone wrong. Yeah. Is that they bring in non-actors mm-hmm. um, and base the film around them, you know, as non-actors, but make them act. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's um, true. Off the top of my head, I'm struggling. But I'm Scene sh- double. Scene double. Spice yeah. World. Spice World, mm-hmm. you know? It's like just because you can put a performance on stage and do it wonderfully, it doesn't mean you can act. No, dark. no. Uh, yeah, next up we get Teenage Lobotomy. We get the lyrics on screen for that, which is a nice touch. Footage of Riff and Kate in the audience being sped up. Yeah, I don't get that one. <laughs> but they're acting like... Kate isn't really getting involved. Yeah. <laughs> this whole sequence is so stylish. It's, it's fantastic. It's so good. Um, Togar grasses Kate up to her mother, who thought she was in the basement studying protons. Splitting protons. <laughs> oh, just splitting protons. <laughs> uh, Ramones play California Sun next, whilst Angel Dust steals Riff's songs and Tom and Eagle Bauer arrive. Oh, Angel Dust, that skanky I know. Bitch. They tell Tom to tackle Angel. Yeah. You're a jock. Tackler. Yeah. Tackler. Next up, uh, they play Pinhead whilst someone starts doing cocaine, which he drops on the floor, so he starts doing it on the floor, and Angel and Tom trip up over it. Yes. Tom hits his head, but Riff manages to get her song back. <laughs> Thank you, man, snotting cocaine off the carpet. <laughs> Um, yeah, she gets the songs back. She gives Joey Ramone a note, uh, telling him how much of a terrible time the school is going through, uh, and asks them to dedicate their next song to Tom and Kate, and he awkwardly reads it out on stage. Don't even. No emotion whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tom and Kate agree to be friends. Yeah. For some reason. Um, spoiler alert, that doesn't last. No. So I don't know why this scene exists. Um... (laughs) The Ramones sing the, the she's lyrics. She's the one. Yeah, she's the one. Yeah, yeah, she's my girl. <laughs> to which Riff goes, that's me. That's me. That's, that's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hansel and Gretel turn up looking for Riff and Kate. They can't f- find them, but they find Angel Dust in the bathroom. And they say, oh, have you seen two high school girls? And she says, sarcastically, yeah, I'm hiding them, clearly. <laughs> and they were like, body search. Yeah. And 
run towards her and it's kind of again you know like very 1979 that angel dust as the villain of the piece gets punished with unwanted grabbing from Hanson uh-huh. Gray. Luckily we don't see it, but it's like, oh, okay. Um, Riff manages to get backstage finally. Yes. And gives Joey her song. He, he says, hey, is Riff Randall our number one fan? Yeah. And she says, he remembers me. And then the manager says, this is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what is the manager's problem? Uh, Joey's made to eat healthy food instead of pizza. He's not allowed any pizza. No. <laughs> he's made... He's like wheatgrass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the rest of Ramones and Riff are eating pizza, though. She takes a piece of pizza home with... A piece of pizza? Slice yes. of pizza, excuse me. Slice of pizza home with her to um, keep. Yeah. As a souvenir. Um, the next day, Miss Togar has gathered the parents to the school to burn the Ramones' records. Yeah. Um, well, she telling, does. I mean, she tells the whole school how terrible Riff is as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, she she burns all the records, and she informs them all they have detention for life, but everyone starts rebelling as school's out by Alice Cooper plays, and the Ramones arrive at school. Yeah. So, Joey had promised that if he liked the song... He would turn up at the school the next day to perform it for yes. the school. So he must have liked the song, which, thank God, because the whole film's named after the song. <laughs> um, and they turn up. Yeah. What does Miss What does Miss Toga say to the? Does, do your parents know your Ramones? <laughs> Johnny Ramone pokes her in the house with his guitar, and Marky Ramones puts a "Kick Me" sign on her back. Um, Riff starts playing high school by MC5 over the speakers whilst everyone trashes the place. She has a dance with Mr. McGree. Oh my god, he is living he is. his best life. This is his coming out scene. This is his coming out <laughs> scene because he's pretty much, you know, if you just moved him to uh, a lever bar, mm-hmm. this is Al Pacino in Cruising <laughs> finally realising... <laughs> <laughs> that he, he is a leather daddy <laughs> and uh, he's ripping his clothes off, Mr. He McCree. He's got a Ramones t shirt and crop underneath. top. Crop top. He is giving it all and I'm living for Riff's it. Riff's like, second. yeah, come on, fat boy, you got sexy legs. <laughs> Did she call him fat yeah. boy? <laughs> but then tells him he's got sexy legs. <laughs> no, no, I don't think. No, she doesn't. She, I don't think she I'm sure she does. Her. No, the Ramones call Hansel and Gretel fat boys <laughs> when oh, they're maybe... pushing them out the window. Oh, maybe I've got the uh, dialogues with subtitles. Well, I hope so. I'm like, oh, no. She can't, she can't be a queen if she's a fucking <laughs> fat shamer. Well, Ramones, uh, a bunch of students and a guy in a motorbike chase uh, Hansel and Gretel. Um, <laughs> a, worried, a worried mouse shows up because her kids are inside. Stop. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> How much of the budget went on fucking mouse seats? <laughs> There's some sort of naked phone party going on in the bathroom. There is, yeah. But it was giving me a uh, can't stop the music yeah. shower scene. <laughs> Everyone's just going crazy in the showers. Eagle Bauer and some students have tied up the dinner ladies and started throwing food at them. Yeah. 
bit harsh. And uh, oh, even the dinner ladies say, well, we just cook what we're given. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just dinner lady, like, leave them alone. And the Ramones throw Hansel and Gretel out the window. They do. Well, they're in a, um, is it a wash, washing, a washing basket, I yeah. suppose we'd call it. Yeah. <laughs> a laundry basket? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Could, like, drug straps and shit. Uh, Riff tells Ramones that they've officially enrolled in Rock and Roll High School and now they can do whatever they want. So they decide what they want to do is go through the school halls performing Do You Want to Dance? <laughs> and everyone is loving it. Yeah. Every, everyone's getting involved. Kate and Tom kiss at the end of the song. Yeah. Uh, and Toga... They, they kind of just do like swing dancing. Yeah. T- it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like a... Uh... Strictly come dancing. Kind of <laughs> dance, but, um, okay, we all make choices. I mean, it's a cover of a, like I think it's one of the fifties, so maybe that's how they want to dance. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. To- Togo wants to speak to Riff, and uh, the police show up, including a police officer played by Dick Miller. Dick, that's an interesting name. <laughs> Joe Dante regular, uh, another icon, Dick Miller. Uh, Togar tells Riff how awful she is and that, uh, she'll only get a mark on her report for the rest of her life if she comes out now. Riff destroys her records with a chainsaw and throws it out the window. <laughs> Do you not get the part where Dick Miller <clears throat> reads them to Phil? Yeah. He just calls the Ramones ugly. <laughs> yeah, that's the slightly later on. Oh, did, oh have, I missed, have I missed some of it? Um, Ramones inform Riff that they're going to include Rock and Roll High School on their next album. Oh, Yeah. And they did, and they did. They did, it's end of the century, isn't it? Yeah. Mr. McGree tells them he thinks they're the Beethoven of their time. Kate uh, sets up a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Riff breaks the fourth wall um, and tells everyone what it's like being in schools run by principals and their administration. Oh. To which Ramon start playing Rock and Roll High School. That's when Dick Miller calls them ugly, ugly people. <laughs> Riff sets off the bomb. Yeah. And the school is destroyed. <laughs> uh, Togor is put in a straitjacket. And Screaming Steve informs the audience that they need to give him a call if their principal is like Togar. And we get Rock and Roll High School again over the credits. And that is... Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll High School. I know it sounds like a fever dream. Um, it sounds like we've made every single bit of that up. <laughs> but that is a real film that you can watch whenever. It's so weird. It's such a product of its time. Um, with the choice of the Ramones and the whole film yeah. being based around the idea that school is shit. Mm-hmm. School will always be shit. It is, you know, and um, you don't have to put up with it. No. So tell them to yeah, fuck yeah. off. Yeah. You know, I don't think you would get a film like that uh, now. No. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking, <laughs> all I can think of is Love, Victor. <laughs> when he's like so scared to come out, but like all the teachers are really helpful. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> Only two students have an issue with it. Yeah. Like, oh, we've come a long way from a film like this, where it's like, school is shit. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think this could ever be made nowadays. I I don't Um, think it could. But I'm so glad it exists. Uh, It is an absolute classic. 
and it really needs to be seen by as many people as possible. Yeah, it's it's one of those you don't have to be a fan of the Ramones to enjoy it. No. Um, it helps, but you don't have to be because it's just a, it's fucking stupid. It's a stupid yeah. film. It's got stupid humor, um, which makes it a wonderful watch. Yeah. You know, it's meant to be stupid. Yeah. yeah. You know, um. Thankfully, the Ramones don't act too much in it because no. they can't act. <laughs> With all due respect to them, they can't act. No. And they're not forced to act. No. They do what they do best. They have the odd line here and there, uh-huh. which is, you know, awkwardly hilarious. So that's fine. If it was the whole film they were trying to act, you'd be like, okay, I'm bored. Yeah. You know, I'm fed up with this now. But they leave people to do what they're best at. You know, Clint Howard's great. PJ Souls is great. Um, you know, Paul Bartel's great. Um, the woman whose name I keep forgetting, uh, Mary Warrenoff is yeah. fantastic. Um, love her. Love. I love. I love the film. It's yeah. great. It's great. Has it aged the best? No. Does it need to? I don't think no, so. No, it's it's one of those, like, you know, like a few films in the 70s, I mean, you know, Pink Flamingos, where you can watch it from a 2022 uh, perspective and it still doesn't ruin it. Like, no. the fact that it hasn't aged very well, it's yeah. easy. I mean, you can't look at it as anything other than a product of its time for the entire fucking film exactly. anyway. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So good. Are any of the Ramones still alive? Marky Ramones still alive. Really? He still tours playing Ramones songs. One? No, I don't know. No, um, no. Johnny Ramone was. Oh, of course he was. Yeah, he still tours and plays Ramone songs. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, so if you enjoyed Rock and Roll High School, um, a, a few people were really excited on Twitter earlier. Yeah. Uh, I was discussing it. Yeah. Uh, so let us know on social media. We're Horrorcourt Trash Over on Facebook and Instagram. Horrorcourt Trash on Twitter. I'm dead at Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I am ChrisBarker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And if you like what you hear, give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, like and follow on Everything Else, and a rating on Spotify. Next week, we will be back discussing something equally as bizarre as oh Rock and Roll High School, but not as well made and not as well acted. <laughs> um, absolute certified trash to piece. Uh, we will be discussing the iconic Sextet. Sextet. I think probably more than any other film that I've seen, I've sat there and like, how did this get made? Yeah. Um, ridiculous. May West, uh, in case anyone didn't know. May West. Like, yeah. No, I see if you, if you can find, it's a bit hard to get hold of, um... But it was on Prime can, for the longest time as well. It was. Um, but if you can get hold of it, watch it beforehand. Because I don't feel like we can do the <laughs> bizarre series events justice. <laughs> but we're going to give it a fucking go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sextet. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> we will we'll be back. Same time, same place next week. Bye-bye. Oh. Oh, 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 oh,